Hello and welcome my partners in crime back for week five of questions and answers, you know, with uh, Murder Mornings. And today with us, sitting in the background because she's camera shy, is Leanne, who's mm -hmm. going to read your questions out. Because as you can see, I have my glasses. I can't really think, and I can't see a thing without my glasses. So um, she's going to do some reading because Taylor is back now from her holiday in Santorini and she's loved it, but she started a new job, so she can't be with us today. So Leanne's offered to help and um, read the questions for me because we've got quite a lot to yeah. discuss today. Um, now, don't forget these cases that we're talking about today are the cases from last week and they are the case of Angus Sinclair and um, Gordon Hamilton, the um, World's End murders. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, Penelope Jackson's case, you know, co um, coercive behaviour and the control and that sort of thing, domestic abuse. Plus, so, I think we have to start with the news of the year. You know, really, is that this young girl, um, Cleo Smith, four-year-old, that was abducted um, over, you know, what, 19... Or she was abducted 18 days, for 18 days, and she was found alive by WA police um, on Wednesday evening, their Wednesday or early hours of that morning. A bloody miracle, really. Amazing. Yeah. It is amazing, so, isn't it? I mean, when you think of all the crimes that we do on here, yeah. I don't think I would have... Uh, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, and I think most people thought it, that this child was dead. Right, I mean, you, you do. After, after that, you are thinking, you know, after the first two or three hours, the first 24 hours, the first 48 hours, and there's nothing, you, you, you're assuming the worst of this child. So what an amazing thing to have happened for this child to be brought home to her mother. So I'm going to show you a little clip, and that's showing you of when she was rescued, and she was found at literally, I think, was it seven miles Seven, seven minutes. Or seven minutes, yeah. a, few, a few, you know, seven minutes drive from her family home. Uh, and the man was a 36-year-old uh, male from the same town of Carnarvon um, in Western Australia. And uh, I think Carnarvon is about 900 miles from Perth City yeah. itself. So this child, you know, has been found. And the footage, is, I'm just going to show you, is of her being rescued by the police. In the middle of the night, in a small town in Western Australia, came the miracle the whole country had been desperately hoping for. Safe in the arms of a policeman, a little girl who had been missing for nearly three weeks. Four-year-old Cleo Smith disappeared while she was on holiday with her parents. They were staying at a campsite on the coast of Western Australia when she vanished overnight from their tent. She was finally found 50 miles away in her hometown of Carnarvon when police raided a house and found Cleo sitting alone in a room. It certainly looked like Cleo. Um, I wanted to be absolutely sure it was her, so I said, what's your name? And she didn't answer and I said, what's your name? Um, she didn't answer again, so I asked her a third time and then she looked, at and looked at me and she said, my name's Cleo. Not long after that, got into the car and called uh, Cleo's parents and said, we've got someone here that wants to speak to you. Cleo was taken to hospital for checks, where she was photographed smiling and waving. 
A sense of joy was reverberating across the whole country. Cleo Miracle, the four-year-old girl missing for 19 days, found alive and well. A seemingly happy end to a case that has gripped Australia for the past 18 days. During an increasingly desperate search, police interviewed more than 100 people at the campsite and offered a million-dollar reward to anyone with information. If you know anything, anything at all, call the police because we want our daughter back and she wants us. We need her home. Today, Cleo's mum posted a message online that said simply, our family is whole again. Police are questioning a 36-year-old man in connection with Cleo's disappearance. It's not yet known what happened to her during the 18 days she was missing for. But for now, there is simply enormous relief that Cleo has been found. Chloe Keedy, ITV News. So, what do you think? How amazing is this? Look, I think the probability of this happening is like winning the lottery, the major draw, you know, every week for a year. Yeah, that's the probability of this happening, yeah. that this, you know, so it's like a miracle, really. And thank God, really, for this child. You know, we, we couldn't ask for anything better. So I think when we look at this case, um, because look, we know he's been charged right with uh, kidnap. We don't know anything else about him. He's 36 year old. He was um, taken to hospital. And as you'll see, you know, you may have heard that he was taken to hospital himself. And that wasn't because of the police beat him to a pulp or nothing like that. This is because this man decided to smash his head in against a cell wall, as they all do, as he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. I think we had the same thing, actually, when we look at um, Sarah Everard's case and uh, Wayne Cousins. He did the same thing. The minute he was caught and put in a cell, you know, he went to go for the insanity plea and yeah. started smashing his head in against the wall. Listen, they all try it, right? They all try it. But the police in WA have been very professional throughout this case. They are making sure that this man gets medical attention so that he can stand properly for all the charges that he's, you know, he's coming up against. But as for now, the investigation is just started into this case and he is um, at the moment only charged with kidnap. So I will keep you up to date on this case, but I think it's fantastic news, wonderful. The only other thing I want to say about this case is that I think this police team, it's, you know, it's a textbook, isn't it, really? They've done it absolutely perfectly, this team of police officers and investigators and stuff. Plus, very early on for this state, released out a million-dollar reward. Now, we spoke about rewards before, and we spoke about this in the case of um, little Cheryl Grimmer, where they've now released out this million-dollar reward for this you know, historic case of this missing child. Money does mean people talk in certain ways people are more i think used to they want to think Even oh you know little, yeah something little now people will come forward because they think oh god you know not only do they want to help find a child yeah but they also think a million dollars is going to help me so i'm hoping that with this you know and the technology they've got today and we can't compare it to the cheryl grimmer case because cheryl grimmer's case was in 1977 and um this man really you know is in 2021 when our policing techniques and what goes into policing is totally different but amazing case amazing outcome 
so pleased for the family and really, really pleased that for once I can sit here and say to you that the police have done a fantastic job. Unusual, yes, but well deserved. So now on to your comments. Now we're going to start with the case of Penelope Jackson, you know, the woman that murdered her husband. She stabbed him three times, didn't she? Um, and I, that, listen, we, I knew it was going to be controversial and I knew I've had loads and loads of comments on it because this cases have to be discussed. We have to, you know, analyse these cases and think, okay, what do we really think about really went on here? We've said about the text messages and stuff that she's done. But I think when you really basically break this down, this case down, as to why she was charged with murder and didn't get away with manslaughter under the defence of coercive um, uh, behaviour, really, you know, caused by her husband, is that she stabbed him once, all right? So as I said to you before, listen, she's lost her shit, they've had a row, they've been in their uh, <laughs> kitchen, having a good old meal, you know, and they had uh, the bubbling squeak, row over bubbling squeakly, I don't know if you've seen that case, have you? So it was having lobster and the row was over bubbling squeak, whether to have that with lobster. Oh In the end, this row of these two people turned out that one man was stabbed, she stabbed him once, um, which she would have then probably, if she had left it at that, she probably, and he had died from that, she may have got away with uh, manslaughter, okay, she may have. But the minute you then stab him twice more, and you tell the emergency service that you're not going to help this person at all, that you actually wish that you had stabbed him more, uh, you went for his heart, but he didn't have one. This is what she's saying. Yeah. I think this is why, on top of everything else, and the lack of evidence um, that she was, um, you know, <laughs> coercively, the behaviour to her was bad, or, you know, by saying someone's nasty and everything else is not enough, yeah. to use as, as this sort of a defence. So your comments have been great, so I really appreciate them. And Liam, what's the first comment on that case? Okay, so Michelle says, I agree with you. I suffered with DV, domestic violence, for 16 years and was petrified of him. Her responses were off. There was no shock other than her wanting to, to shock. And I thought that prior to watching you, I believe the verdict was correct. Oh, thanks, Michelle. And I mean, listen, as I said, we don't know. And from someone that's suffered from domestic violence for a very long time here, and really thank you for sharing that comment with us. I'm really, I really appreciate that you're doing that. You know, you could understand more than probably anybody else in this case what if someone was suffering with this sort of domestic abuse or coercive uh, control and behaviour, how this one would have felt. And I'll tell you now, with a lot of all the other... Uh, murderers uh, out there that have got off and there's been a couple and we've spoke about them haven't we with um, Alan Wallier and um, Sally uh, Callan they had they did have remorse they actually really did they felt guilty um, for what they'd done and they really showed even though they were being abused people still love these these partners and and this is the issue here so I'm listen I'm really grateful for your comment um, because if you've suffered from domestic abuse um, you really understand and as I do agree with you that when she come across on that you know especially that interview that first interview she was not showing um, any signs of to me someone that was under that sort of control yeah and that she yeah. wasn't and um, domestic abuse but as I said we don't know do we we don't know but um, I agree and I think the jury and the judge have been um, quite thorough in this case really and I know that and I've said about this appeal that she's probably going to go for and I think her solicitor has said you know the, the case wasn't understood 
things wasn't brought out. Well, you know, as I've said before, when you have a legal team, it's your duty as a legal team to make sure that you represent your client fully, absolutely fully. That means bringing up every bit of evidence that you can possibly bring up and to make people understand your case and your defence, right? That the defence that you use fits that. You can't then come back later on and say, oh, well, they didn't understand. Well, they didn't understand because you obviously didn't do your job right. Or you're saying that the judge and the jury didn't get it right. Well, you know, you have to have a lot when you go for uh, an appeal. You can't just dislike the outcome to go for appeal. There has to be something wrong. So let's see what they use. So thank you, Michelle. Brilliant. Okay, D says, in domestic violence relationships, it doesn't take much for one or both partners to kick off and things to escalate. So I believe the meal in this case caused a fight and she has snapped. The situation made more volatile by possible alcohol consumption. This woman has been married four times. She's been, she being the common denominator in all four. Personally, I don't think it was a case of coercive control. Oh, thanks, Steve, for that. I, again, another great comment because yeah, you brought up definitely. every aspect, haven't yeah. you? And listen, I've said before, when you mix alcohol or any other substance into a relationship, you know, and things turn violent, which I think is what happened here. And okay, they we know they bickered because even the daughter said they was bickering and bickering all the time. I agree, and I think this is probably exactly what's happened. And uh, you've got it right there, Dee. Okay. Next one, Damien says. Don't justify murder. Loads of women are controlling. If men killed the woman, it would never be considered. Um, so if men killed the women, it would never be considered. Now, yeah, I, I, listen, I've said this, Damien, I've said this yeah. about, you know, if we're going to have these sort of laws in place, it's for both, right? It is for both. But I am going to put up, and um, I think next week, there's a couple of contrasting um, cases that's coming up because I want to give a fair um, view of what's going on here with these domestic laws and stuff like that. But I agree, you know, you can't have a law, and I've said it before, because you'll be listening to that law, you're undermining that law when you use it for one thing specifically. Men get abused as well. It's a big issue, not only in this country, but in Australia, in America, all over the world actually. It's an issue that, that women are not the only ones that are you know, being abused or coercively um, controlled by their partners. It's a big, big issue. But I am having to do, and I will be doing some cases next week that will bring in a different look. But this comes down, doesn't it, to the law, it comes down to the perception of the jury, it comes down to the defences, you know, what they're using and how good the defence team is and how clearly they come across with their case. So thank you for that comment, brilliant. Next one, Lee. Um, Colette says, I think she was the abuser. She made out she was scared of a 78-year-old man. No. I'm not saying he was an angel, but I still think she was the bully, just something about her. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, assuming something is one thing, but we have been told, haven't we, and the sister, his sister, David's sister, had said that she was the bully in that relationship. I think his daughter from a previous marriage had said that David really right in the beginning really didn't want to marry this woman and that he felt that he couldn't back out. It was also said that she was this larger than life character and that she did exhibit sort of um, behaviour, especially when she was in Australia uh, visiting their family 
um, that she would sit in a bedroom nude with the door open to get a reaction. She liked to have a reaction. She liked to be the centre of attention, cause, you know, upset to start a row. So that is not just what I said. This is what people that's known her Absolutely. have said. Yeah. And usually there is always two sides to a story. Now I have said to you that I don't think just because David was 78 that he wouldn't have harmed her in any way. Listen, he was young once, they've been married 20 odd years. You know, you don't know, but I think, yes, I agree, this woman could hold her own and she probably instigated a lot of what was going on there. Yeah. Um, the girl in question says, 78 year old man, don't be silly. They were married for over 20 years. He wasn't always elderly and wasn't always 70. Right, so this he is... He used to be a young man and they can be scary. Yeah, so this is, if you have been married a very long time and a man in the relationship has been abusive for a very long time, no matter what age they are, they will always continue to have that control and make you fearful of them, right? That is true. But that is only true if David was that sort of character, what this woman... Penelope is trying to portray. So thank you for that. Um, I think it was a response actually that to the other question. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But thank yeah, you for yeah, that. And I, I wouldn't use the word silly because I think everyone has an opinion. Amanda says, I think she just flipped. Maybe she just had enough and thought it was the only way out. We don't know what ha what happens behind closed doors. Exactly, and this is what I'm saying to you in these cases. It's so difficult, isn't it? Yeah. To think. You know, you don't know. Someone could look absolutely perfect household from the outside. They portray in this life out in public. Now, the thing is, is what Penelope Jackson said about David is that he was a very loyal man, right? That's what she said. He, he wanted loyalty. So she felt that she couldn't be honest and tell people because of that. But that doesn't really read with her character. Okay. Now, if you've got a meek and mild woman that's been like that her whole married life, I could understand that. But when we hear about this woman's character, this brashness of this character, she wants to be centre of attention, she's willing to walk around naked to get people's reaction. You know, yeah, it, doesn't it doesn't sound to me like someone that really would be worried about whether she's going to upset this man's loyalty or not. Okay. So I don't believe that. Um, Leah says she should have got him arrested if he was that bad. Exactly, exactly. I said this and there was, I think one of the daughters has said there was an incident in 1998. Um, I think that was the only incident. There was a few phone calls of domestic, not of abuse, but of a domestic argument going on over the TV remote. And that wasn't related to one person or the other. That was related to what was going on in this household. As I said, it was a bickering fight gone wrong. But both of these were known to drink. You know, he was, he was a bit of a drinker as well and she did like her white wine. So I agree there's lots of issues with this case when if you're going to look at someone that's doing things and, you know, like that where alcohol comes into it. So yeah, I mean good yeah. question actually. Um, Operation Foxley says, I think the relationship was a toxic one for years. The fact she was married multiple times before shows that they, that there were existing issues. The fact that they were married for, for 20 plus years and she was described as larger than life shows she was comfortable and satisfied. Like, yeah, yeah. She knew how divorce worked and could have left. 
The husband was more than likely abusive towards her, but murder was not the answer. They both contributed to this tragedy. Thanks for the video and enjoy the great analysis. Yeah. Listen, I agree yeah, with all I of that, that statement, well. actually. Great statement. Mm. Great statement, that one. And, um, you know, and I've said to you, you know, and Lee, I've been married, what, nearly 40 years. You do bicker. You do. You know, and you know, don't we? Of course yeah. you do. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you think, God, I bloody, you know, of course you're going to lose your shit. Oh, everyone does. But it's, it's, is it worth killing someone over? Is it worth really destroying? Not only taking someone's life, destroying your life, but really destroying your whole family's life. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. It's really not worth it. And just if we stop there for a minute and I just say to you, remember that this is about domestic abuse. This is about terrible issues here so there's going to be some slides up where you can get help and certain things so remember you're not on your own come out of the shadows speak tell somebody about it okay tell somebody next question okay um sue says i'm not saying that there wasn't some coercive control but i think that this that this case was due to alcohol it seems as if her behavior altered when she'd had too much to drink. An argument was brewing and she got confidence from having had a drink and stabbed him as a way to win the argument. I actually agree. I, I, that, is, that is it, totally. And see, this is what I said in the beginning. When you stab someone one time because you're in an argument, it's heated, you've had a bit of drink and you're rowing and you think, right, you know, you picked up something. That's instantaneous, right? That's it. You could have a case there of diminished responsibility, you've lost it, but she would have lost that if her blood alcohol level had alcohol in it. So then you have stabbed someone. You could have walked away. Stabbing someone, I've said before, is not easy. It's not easy to stab someone. And then she says, he says, hmm, I bet you wouldn't do that again. This is what she's saying, he said. Yeah, yeah. So she stabs him that. two more times. Two more times. Then you come away then. From it just being a row and you've lost your control and you've attacked him. Now you're talking about murder. Yeah. Brilliant question though. Julie, I put up with abuse for years. He was absolutely heartless. Funny thing, he never raised his hand to me but tried towards the end because I became strong. He was just controlling. He verbally abused me and did things to torment me. He sneered me, never had nothing nice to say. I hated him. I couldn't take any more. I've watched this story over and over and I can totally understand what she's done. I think she snapped. Eight years have gone by since I left him and still trying to, and he is still trying to control me. I cannot do anything that reminds me of my ex-relationship. It's totally changed me. I turned to drink. I don't watch TV and there's certain songs I hate. Maybe she should have just walked away, but nobody will ever know what went through this lady's mind. Well, that's not what was her name? Dick, uh, Julie. Julie. You know, thank you for sharing that with us, Julie. That, you know, that's a really... Uh, you know, the way you've said it, I think, yeah. shows what real coercive control is about. To make you feel that way. To where a man never raised his hand to you, but it's made you feel so bad, you know, so threatened, so vulnerable for all that time. I mean, you know, if anyone understands these sort of cases, it's people like you, Julie, that understand these cases really more than I could or, you know, yeah, really, it's, it's, it's um, an absolutely fantastic comment and I'm so pleased um, that you've shared it with us. 
And I agree, if that's your opinion and that's how you feel that someone with coercive control would react, and I can agree with you, if someone with coercive control, and I've said this in Sally uh, Callan's case and um, Alawalia's case, they reacted like that because of the years. I think Sally Callan, listen, smashed her husband's or ex-husband's head in with a hammer and shoved a tea towel down his throat, right? So that kill is telling you something, isn't it? She's telling you something in that kill. Alawalia planned it really for two days. She went and brought petrol for two days. She went and brought caustic soda. She mixed the substance up, Yeah. right? This man was going to leave her. She had took 10 years of beatings and, and terrible life she had took from this man. She had um, brought the petrol, put it down the side of the building. She'd mixed up the caustic soda. This one night he's come in and he's told her, I'm going to, you know, leaving you because you're no good. This, that, and after all these years of this abuse and this, yeah, this torment that, that she's took from this man. Listen, this girl pulled petrol over him in his bed. But before she did that, she filled the bath up with caustic soda. So when he was set alight, She's run, he's run to the bathroom and jumped in the bath that he thought, thank God, it's going to save me. It burnt his skin off. Oh, now, there are kills that was someone that I believe that really, really had yeah. suffered at yeah. the hands of others. And sometimes this sort of suffering can put you over the edge. And I think with this, do I think, though, with Penelope Jackson, that was the case? I don't know. We don't know. Because as we've all said, we don't know, do we, what's gone on behind closed doors. We just don't. Okay, Claire. I'm no expert, but she sounded very detached, cold and calculated. As I said, I'm no expert, but she doesn't come across to me as someone who had lost her mind and flipped in a moment of extreme fear or anger. Yeah, I mean, when you look at her in them clips, and I mean, these body cams, aren't they great now that police are wearing, so you can pick up all this stuff, this instant reaction, really, where we're not just relying on what is said in court, we're actually visually seeing what's going on. The thing is, is that um, I think to me, she looks a bit intoxicated, right? She did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it was what she said. I'm compass mentis. I know what I've done. And then when they tried to save this man, to say, oh, no, 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 I should have done it more. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's very difficult, isn't it? It's very difficult to, to know really what was going through her mind and how people react when they killed someone. So listen, um, I've had to just, because you know this camera only lasts for like half an hour because it's a camera, not a video camera. So um, I can't remember where I was now. I've completely... I've forgotten it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not really, not very good at this. What was the thing again? What was that question again? Um, Claire had said, I'm no expert, but she sounded very detached, cold and calculated. As I said, I'm no expert, but she doesn't come across to me as someone who had lost her mind and flipped in a moment of extreme fear or anger. Right. So I think I've answered that question, didn't I, really? And I think, you know, and I said, I think, you know, what do we expect from people? I, I don't know. We don't know because people have reactions to when they kill people in very many different ways. And uh, maybe she just thought, I've done it. I'm 68 year old I've done it maybe that's what she thought and yeah, that's maybe. sort of what her, her reaction came across of yeah. you know with you know I'm you know I know what I've done no done no until she then gets into um, 
you know, the cells and then decides, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really want to kill him. Really? You know, but and again, no remorse. So thanks for that. Next one then, Luke. So Greta says, I'm, I mean, really, he was a 78-year-old man. It would not have been hard to leave him, but I really don't know. Maybe he was a bully and she finally snapped. Yeah, uh, listen, I, you know, just because he's 78 means nothing. The problem is she was 68. So you've had 24 years this man, nice house, nice yeah. part of, you know, Somerset, they lived, you know, not a cheap area. 68 to start again. You know, are you going to leave him? And she's already been for a few divorces and this, that and the other. Do you want to do that again at 68 or do you like your controlling relationship that you may be the one controlling? Because this is what was said about this woman. Yeah. So maybe she didn't want to leave. But I do think it was just a, um, a drunken row. Yeah. Really, what, what went wrong? And I think the murder charge for her, you know, probably right. But I think that's probably why at 68 she didn't leave him. Because she'd already moved on, always moved on to someone else. This was from an affair when she met this man. So oh, okay. she was married to somebody else. At 68, you're no longer doing that. Comfortable life, you know, he was an ex-army man. He had a good pension. You know, good lifestyle. Hard to leave sometimes. Yeah. Michael, um, it's hard to know whether it was coercive control or not, but I agree with the life sentence for her. Rest in peace, David. Mm. Yeah, I think, well, I think we have to speak a little bit about David, and that's a, that's a great um, comment. Because, you know, and I've said in the video when we've done it, there's no one, is there, you can sit there, you know, when, when you've murdered someone, and you can slate their character into the ground, can't you? Because he's not here to defend himself, yeah, and someone has to do it. Someone has to defend this man, and his sister's come out trying to defend him, and his daughters has come out trying to defend him. Plus, he was married before. Now, that marriage only ended because he had an affair with Penelope. There was no issues of domestic um, violence in that um, area. So, you know, you have to feel for this man and the loss of the life of a man. Absolutely. Right. And I think, and when a jury have heard this evidence and they've come across with a verdict of murder, that means there was intent. So as I said, all right, the first stab wound may not have been intent, but the other two certainly was. Also, she had sent that text message saying, you know, if it all goes, you know, tits up, you know, if it all goes wrong, you know, at least you've got this text message. So the intent of something was there. So thank you very much for that comment. Blythe World, the way she talked about him in the police video was pure hate. She must have put up with a lot. You could tell her reactions were real. I think she put up with a lot and snapped. I don't agree with killing, but something drove her to it. It must have been him. Well, yeah, and then listen, I'm, you know, people ain't always staying in marriages because they're in love. I think people get it wrong. Yeah. You know, as I said, she was 68. To, to move on, she had a comfortable lifestyle here. You've got a comfortable lifestyle going on. Yes, he could have well been nasty behind them closed door. It seemed like they both was, to tell you the truth, this bickering that kept going on. Was they happy and in love? Probably not. But was it enough to kill someone for? That's what we're not sure about. But thank you for your comment. Anna says, in the end, we don't know. We don't know. My mum was a victim and dad would have made her sound awful if he had killed her. But mum had been so abused that she would have said a mouthful bad about him too if she had killed him in self-defence. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Is yeah. and I and I when you when you hear this woman, and I've said this, when she said why she did it, there was that pause. 
and I've said this before, if you're going to kill someone because of domestic abuse, because of this coercive behaviour, you know why you're doing it. You don't need to pause to think about why you've done it. You know, most yeah. people in domestic abuses who are trying to get away from this relationship, in the end, hate them. They hate them. They, when you ask someone about their relationship in a domestic abuse, they will outright tell you. They're not thinking about, hmm, it was nasty. No. And really, nasty isn't the word, really. You know, yeah. hateful, angry, aggressive, violent. That's the words that's usually being used. Really, that's, that's what they're saying. And so, you know, your, your poor mum, how she must have suffered, it's, um, ter it's terrible. Um, Leanne says, I'm so torn with this one. She was either just plain crazy or he was really so bad to her it made her finally snap. But I can't tell which one. I'm the same. And, and you know, can you imagine, though, really, great comment, because can you imagine this jury having to decide this case? would have been hard. It's a hard case to decide for any jury when you think about it. So that's what I'm saying, the evidence on both sides must have been good, right? It was thorough, this case. It was looked into thoroughly, this case. And the verdict come out from, you know, 12 people, I think it was 10 to 2 actually, um, verdict that came out to say that this one was guilty of murdering David. So, I mean, if we do nothing else, I think we have to rely on that um, as what was true yeah really because we wasn't there and we don't know and it is a confusing case because if you heard this case and you know what would you do what on a jury you know we ha we weren't privy was we to everything being said in this call and i've said this before the jury was and that's the verdict they come out with Teresa says something similar really she seems to hate him or he abused or was he abused was she abused if the rest of the family don't know, it's very hard to know for sure. Exactly. Because you've right. got two conflicting things here with this family. You've got his yeah. brother saying, and I've said about his brother, allegedly um, saying that um, he, um, there was issues over this brother, not over David's brother, I think Alan his name was, um, saying that his brother was violent, this, that and the other. But there was issues, wasn't there, about the mother's um, inheritance and stuff and so they hadn't spoke for a few years yeah. plus he wasn't used as a witness in that listen and I've said before any defence team if you haven't got a family member to back up your defence then you know they're, they're, obviously his, his evidence wouldn't have been relied on in court he would have been ripped to pieces under in, uh, um, you know cross-examination uh, but let's see you know as I said we don't know yeah yeah. We don't know, but I have to go with what the jury says. And at the moment, they're saying he's guilty, she's guilty of murder. She got that minimum of 18 years to serve. Yeah. Okay, so go on to yeah. the, the well done murders. So. All right, so well done murders. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about now. So thank you for all your comments, actually, yeah, on um, you know Penelope Jackson's case. Listen, it's not all of them. It's not all of them at all. And if I've missed some out, I'm really sorry. There's no way we could go through every single <laughs> comment from everywhere. These were just taken off of, as usual, off of um, YouTube because, one, it's easier for me to get to them. There's comments coming from all over the place. I really appreciate your time that you took to write, this, write these comments to us. And um, I love them. I think this, I love Murder Mornings. And I was saying to Leanne, this is one of yeah. the best things I love about doing Murder Analyze, just doing this part of it. But now we must move on to um, 
Alistair Sinclair and Gordon um, Hamilton, the World End Murders and also the serial killer that he or they were. Um, okay, first comment, Lee. So Greta says, can you imagine being a young girl on the brink of your life to be killed by these monsters? And do you know what, Greta, monsters are it. Um, you know, I didn't say everything in this case when I was doing this case about the way these girls were murdered. But let me just tell you, it was uh, the most horrific crime, okay? It's the most horrific, the most violent. These people were violent, they were sadistic. They were the most violent people you'd ever meet. And as I've said to you, there was two girls here and one of them watched the other one die. And so she knew what her outcome was going to be. It's an absolutely oh, terrible, terrible case, this case. Uh, you know, shocked me to the bone and I've been going through this case and looking at other things these people may have done. Shocking case and, and these poor girls, young 17 year olds, to be faced with this, they oh, actually had no terrible. chance, it's shocking. But thank you, Greta, for that, thanks. So Lisa says, I love when cold cases are solved years later, just as the criminals are comfortable, they can live happily ever after. They think they've outsmarted the system and suddenly advancements in technology bring them undone. They never envisioned DNA, security cameras or even dash cams at one point. So I wonder what's in store for the current generation of criminals in years to come. While I'm still intimidated by my mobile phone capabilities, it's rewarding to see the technology catch up with these thugs. The karma train may be slow, but it will get you eventually. Well, that's it. Oh, Lisa, we are loving the comment. <laughs> loving the one. comment. And I know Lisa, and I know Lisa's in, in Victoria, uh, in Australia. So hello, Lisa, and thank you for that wonderful comment. It was really, really great. Now, um, <laughs> I think if we just look, actually, at this case that's just come into light, and this is this uh, Clio case. The technology used in this case just shows what's going on now where you can track someone down now i know they used um they used uh, car cams to yeah. find that because there's no cctv in that area there was a lot of car cams used there was a lot of phone data analysis used and different things to track this person that took this young child so yes you know i think killers now are should be worried with the advances in DNA that we use now, the advances in not only in DNA, but the advances of the investigation of how the police and the technology now that we use. I mean, I think they were using satellites, they were using drones, they were using everything. You know, sooner or later, all these cold cases, if the evidence is kept, as I said, where you can use it and you can then get something off of it, you're gonna catch these killers. Killers, yeah, should be worried now. But great, really, great question, yeah. really great. Uh, Will says, there's a case that I looked into which was Edinburgh based and I'm wondering if one of these men were responsible for her too. As you said, they're probably responsible for a lot more crimes than they were convicted for. Yeah. Oh, hi Will. Thanks Will. Now, I'm friends with Will. And now listen, Will, I've looked in this case as I was researching these two bloody monsters, you know, this pieces of shit. Um, I was looking up other ones that they could have been connected with. So let me, let, you know, write to me, let me know um, what case she was looking into, what the name of the case is. Listen, there were so many that they could have done. Now the two, I think it was Carol, you know, and um, the other young girl that they thought that Hamilton had done. There was also um, uh, Americans actually, I think in Chicago or something like that, um, was looking at 
a man, an American man, for some of these cases of, as well, these unsolved cases, because there's loads. Mm, and this American, he was an American serial killer, and he was in Scotland, in Dundee, um, for about a year when um, a couple of these unsolved cases happened. Same sort of MO. Listen, there's multiple serial killers at work at this point, um, and they, there's some theories that some could have been him, wow. some could have been this pair, you know, Sinclair, some could have been, you know, there's other, you know, as you know, some really, uh, um, you know, people, serial killers working them streets at this time. So, yeah, listen, I think I looked at about 16 different cases when I was researching the World's End murders. I think a lot of the um, specialists, like, you know, um, scientists and scientists, you know, are thinking and criminologists are thinking maybe that at least they can pin six more on them, um, really, clearly, like 100%, but they may be looking at 16 plus. Oh, wow. 16 plus. As I said, he was a serial killer. Mm. He killed 16. Um, he was only out in the public for about 15 years. Um, I think Gordon was out longer than that, wasn't he? But, um, you know, Angus Sinclair was out 15 years. Serials, serial killers can do a lot of damage in 15 years. A lot of damage. Thanks, that will. Okay, Anna says, in the USA, it's a bit different. If it's a similar crime, then the jury can usually know. For example, if it's a rape case, then if they have raped people, that can be brought up, but bank robberies or muggings can't. Double jeopardy holds up no matter what here in the States. I watch a lot of true crime from the USA, UK and Australia. I find it so interesting how different things are from country to country. I also love hearing about the cases that I've not heard about before. I am a fairly recent subscriber. Thank you for all the hard work you do for the videos. Great comment, because this case was about double jeopardy as well, right? So it's about the serial killings and the murders, but it was about double jeopardy, the law that changed in Scotland. Listen, the laws are all like different all over the world. The law actually is when you train in law here, um, what I'm in is England and Wales, okay? It doesn't do Scotland because Scotland has totally different laws. We have very similar laws to New York, right? So you can do the New York bar, you can do the California bar if you've got a um, law degree and stuff in um, England. But as you know, even in Australia, I think Australia's got a mixture, I think, of English and Australian law yeah, because you're yeah. talking about state law and then federal law. So, listen, the law is a complicated thing all over the world. And just because it stands, and I always say this is under Scottish law, this is under English law, this is American law, because it's exactly that. You're absolutely right. The laws are different in other countries and what may represent there doesn't hold up here. Brilliant question. Thank you for subscribing. Really appreciate it. Okay, Blythe World says, Yes, this man was evil to the core. A great case to cover. He was evil. I mean, I mean, listen, you know, to kill from the age of 16 and continually kill. And as I said to you before in these cases, this man wasn't just a killer. He was violent. He was a child molester. He was a rapist. He was everything everything that you can think of in this man and the judge as he said you know he couldn't he couldn't find words to describe this man he really couldn't there is no words actually i don't think there's in a, in a dictionary english or anything else that can describe how bad this man is so thank you for that okay this is judy she's just said the other day i watched a video and after you said you had done the manson murders 
Did yes. you upload? So a little bit off topic. Yes, I have done the Manson murders. I've done a free part one. I've also done a uh, text uh, case as well on that, but they are on the members lounge cases and sooner or later they will be coming out, but they're on members lounge. So yes, I have done them. Uh, they're quite long and I've not finished the other series on that. I'm going to actually do now about the girls and that. And when, once it all comes out, Lacey then wants to release it out as like a, a whole package deal. It's about probably nine hours of video just in them ones alone so yes it will be out soon but it is on members um but no it's not out on public release yet so listen thank you for all your comments i'm so glad that we get to do these murder mornings i just love it i love all your comments we are so pleased with how the channel is going and how your response to our channel is going we appreciate everything you do for us we appreciate all our members our partners in crimes people that's just subscribed our old subscribers that's been with us from the beginning we are so appreciative of you and you know may we continue so listen the next case coming out and i think i've put it up actually the case that's coming out and that's about the shirley oak children's home and that will be coming out this weekend it is a disturbing case it's a case about and I think it was Bubba from last um, time when we done murder mornings and it was his comment that told me about, in, this was in relation to the Lee Broxall case and also um, the Kevin Hicks case and this has come from that. I will also be bringing out the next couple of days the um, probably Tuesday to be released, the sort of two cases that I think contrast the case of um, Penny Jackson because I think we need the overall view. Now before we go I must say that remember domestic abuse is a serious issue all over the world and if you are in any way have any issues you know and you need help there's places and I've put phone numbers and emails and stuff up here you are not alone you really are not so please contact someone it's really important that you do that and you get some help. You don't have to live like that. You are not alone. So thank you for watching. You can catch this up on um, Let's Have a Chat About Murder on our podcast on Spotify. You can catch the little highlights of this, you know, the little clip versions on um, uh, Facebook. And so, what else can I say? Thanks for watching. Till the next time. Bye-bye.